Most of us aren't looking to make boundaries to be some kind of super jerk. We don't want to be extreme and we don't want to have to push people away. We want to just have the time to lean into the things that we really care about. And we only get that time when we're able to protect it, honor it, and take care of it. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. So we're back. This is episode four of Messy and Magnificent, and we're going to be sharing my favorite B word, boundaries. We're going to be talking about modern boundaries, what they actually look like, and how we make them doable. I did a live course, we called it Boundaries Like a Boss, not that long ago. And I was just totally overwhelmed in the best possible sense by women coming out of the woodwork to want to talk about boundaries. I mean, it was just wild. I said, hey, if I could wave a magic wand and make having boundaries 10% more doable, what would I need to cover for you? What would we need to talk about? And these were the things that women were telling me. They said, I want to be able to say no without feeling so freaking guilty about it all the time. Or I'm tired of being too embarrassed to say no, but then being super resentful and overscheduled later on. One that made me laugh, but I can actually really relate to is a lot of women said, I'm worried folks are going to think I'm the B word. And by B word, they weren't talking about boundaries, right? If I actually do what works for me. The other one I heard a lot was, I want to know how to kindly say no on the spot rather than beat a loss for words when it's time to make a boundaries. That way I'm not frazzled later on. And then the last one that I thought was really important that we spoke to was this idea of pushback. So like, what do you do? If you do set a boundary, but then somebody kind of pushes back on it. So today we're going to go in there. I'm going to give you the symptoms of needing to upgrade your boundaries. It's probably not just what you think, right? It's not all just about saying no all the time. There are these funny things that pop up when it's time for us to elevate our boundaries. And then I'm going to give you this five-part doable system to become a no pro, (laughs) like a no ninja, so that... In the first five minutes of this conversation, I expect you to feel like you can breathe again and that you know exactly, specifically how, in a very doable way to immediately upgrade your boundary game without it feeling cumbersome or big or scary. I am all about the kind of work that makes life and your career and your relationships feel a heck of a lot easier and so much more in alignment with who you are. Because here's the truth. Most of us aren't looking to make boundaries to be some kind of super jerk. We don't want to be extreme and we don't want to have to push people away. We want to just have the time to lean into the things that we really care about. And we only get that time when we're able to protect it, honor it, and take care of it. So expect to walk away with a very doable step-by-step to know exactly when and how to set those boundaries without feeling guilty or doubtful or shameful about it all the time. Because I still consider myself a recovering people pleaser. Like I was just addicted to being praised for being the hardest worker, as if that was a compliment. And having boundaries is really what has given me and my clients our lives back. It has increased the amount of energy I have. It's what gives me the motivation and the excitement, the genuine from the inside out enthusiasm to get off the sofa and do stuff. Not because I have to, but because I'm excited 
to do the things that I've said yes to. I don't have a bunch of things on my calendar that I'm dreading anymore. Quick shout out before we get started. When I led this Boundaries Like a Boss class online months ago, there were a few women that were particularly involved in the conversation. In fact, we had women from all over the world who were in on it. But a shout out to Meredith and Vanessa, Shara, Vivian, Mia, and Sandrine over in Switzerland. I just appreciated you so much being part of this conversation. If this podcast is helpful and talking about boundaries is helpful for you, please make sure that you take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your social media so that I can know what kind of parts of boundaries I can help support you with. I can't wait to see you there and maybe give you a shout out too. So first things first, let's talk about those symptoms of needing to elevate your boundaries. These are the common things that show up for driven women when it's time to maybe just do a little check-in with your boundary game and shore things up a little bit. So the number one symptom I see for women who are ready to upgrade their boundaries is they're snapping. Maybe you're snapping at your friends or your loved ones or your coworkers and you feel terrible about it because that's not who you are. (laughs) You're a kind, compassionate soul. So you feel really guilty when you're snapping. For women, what's really interesting is sometimes they, they snap externally. Oftentimes they snap internally, meaning nobody else is going to see it. But this is when you begin being really hard on yourself. Your own inner critic just becomes really harsh, kind of like on a high horse. You're definitely not being your own best friend inside your mental game, right? Symptom number one is you're snapping. Symptom number two of being ready to elevate your boundaries is when everyone's praising you for what a great job you're doing or how much you're able to handle, but secretly you're feeling behind. You know you're capable of more yet. Like when is that supposed to happen, right? (laughs) You've got a million things on your plate. So if you relate to this feeling of being secretly behind, even if other folks don't see that for you, you're in the right conversation. The third symptom of being ready to elevate your boundaries is these perplexing health symptoms. These show up for a lot of my clients in really different ways. There are things like chronic migraines, digestive issues, reproductive health issues, autoimmune disorder flare-ups. Sometimes they're bigger. Sometimes they're scarier. Sometimes they're serious medical diagnoses. We had one woman who was in the boundaries class who said, I swear to God, If I had had better boundaries, I bet I would have recovered from cancer faster. That held weight. Like that was a moment of big gravity, a huge aha. And now as she's healing, thank God she is healing. She's doing great. She knows she will never exhaust herself to the point where her body can't fight for itself again. Right? So sometimes it's just things that we used to be able to pop an aspirin for. And now that's just not cutting it. And sometimes it's bigger than that. So those perplexing health symptoms. And then the last one I'm going to share for now is what we in my practice call popular isolation. And we did a whole episode on this, episode two. And if you didn't hear that one, make sure you tune in. Popular isolation is this phenomenon where a woman might have good friends or family or coworkers, and yet she feels alone. She feels like nobody really understands what she's going through or that she's kind of carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders. And it's really a strange feeling because you're thinking, I'm checking my social box, like I'm around people. Why do I feel so alone? Oftentimes, these are a call to just upgrade the boundaries because we're not getting to connect with the people or the places or the moments that nourish us because we're doing all this other work that doesn't serve us. And so a boundary might be exactly what is called for. 
Now, here's what you got to know about these symptoms. If you are experiencing them, it is not because something is wrong with you. (laughs) Not at all. If you can relate to any of these, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It is an indication that it's time to up those boundaries. And frankly, we're going to break that down together today so that you can breathe more. You're going to know that you're not alone. Women all over the world are relating to this desire to up their boundaries a little bit. But here's the thing. We are the first generations in the history of the world for women who want to have that big three at the same time, thriving career, health, and relationships. And we are paving the path as we go. We are the pioneers on this road, figuring it out together, right? So this probably hasn't been modeled for you. We all know super type A women that have super firm boundaries who are quite curt and short and can be a little aggressive and a little scary even sometimes. And then we all know some people who are like, oh gosh, you know, it's like inflatable balloons outside the auto dealership that kind of like rise up. They look like people and then fall over and rise up and fall over and then just kind of flop around in the wind. We know people who have boundaries like that. They're just floppy and loose if they exist at all. And they're constantly being walked over and they're constantly exhausted. So we've got these two polar extremes. But what we haven't seen before is the middle ground. The middle ground where boundaries are generous and kind. They are firm, but they're not harsh, right? They're not spiny. They're very doable. So we're going to dive right in. Now, before I go over the five-step process, there's this foundational piece that's really important. And if I don't talk about this foundation underneath having good boundaries, no system is going to matter. There are three specific things that women with healthy boundaries already know. These are things that they live into. And so this is the foundation upon which the steps we're about to cover are really based upon. So the foundation or pillar number one underneath boundaries is they trust the hunch that they are made to do something meaningful with their life and career. And then they protect that hunch like a mother bear does her cubs or like how I do the chocolate in my house. Like I guard that chocolate. I know where it is (laughs) and how much is available at any given moment, right? Like I'm going to look out for that. They trust that hunch. So if you've got an inkling, a little bit of a spidey sense tingling in your fingers or your spine, or just this gentle voice in you says, I know my life is about something meaningful, or it could be about something meaningful. They trust that voice and they guard it. The second pillar that women who have healthy boundaries know is that they treat boundaries like a bridge, not a wall. I'm going to say that again, because this one was huge for me. Boundaries are far more like a bridge than they are like a wall. And this is why I had a really hard time implementing them in the beginning, because I'm an open-hearted person. And the last thing I wanted was this feeling of putting up big, scary walls between me and other people. And what occurred to me one day is that by the time I needed to put up a boundary with somebody, it's because there already was a wall. There was already a breakdown in communication or expectation. And so when I was communicating a boundary, it was really extending a bridge above that wall, inviting both of us, both parties, to get back on the same page. So by the time we need a boundary, there's already a wall there. We might be in the same locale with the party that we need a boundary with or the the experience we need a boundary around, and yet we're in two different worlds. We have different expectations or different ways we think um, behaving can be okay. 
right? And a boundary is the bridge. It is the way we open our heart and extend an opportunity for us both to have the same understanding. So a well-placed boundary really gives two parties the best chance to get on the same page. The third pillar underneath women who have really healthy boundaries is they know that useful things get used up. In other words, women with healthy boundaries, they respect themselves more than like, I don't know, like a tube of toothpaste. They refuse to be squeezed out to the point of sacrificing their well-being, period. They know that if they are only appreciated for the things they do that are useful, they are going to get used up. So if you aren't disappointing someone, trust me, you're exhausting yourself, right? If you're not disappointing somebody on a regular basis, doesn't have to be in a huge way, but if you're not saying no or no thank you or I can't do that or that's not for me or please don't talk to me like that, right? If we're not disappointing someone, we are likely exhausting ourselves. So those are the three essential mindsets. And for those of you who love taking notes, Go on over to everybodythrive.com forward slash podcast. Look for this fourth episode on boundaries. And we have the most beautiful boundaries worksheet already made for you. You don't even have to write all these notes down. This is the most beautiful thing we've ever created to date, right? So just hop on over and you can get the whole thing for free. Nothing for sale in there. So now that we have this general sense of the foundation underneath boundaries, we're going to go through the five steps that makes them doable. Now, here's the thing. There is no one size fits all way to have boundaries because we all have different life experience, different circumstances. But there is a system that if you follow it, will help you custom create the boundary that's perfect for you in that moment. That works in a really ideal way. If you are new to creating boundaries, and this is the first time you're going to be really consciously working on this, I want you to give yourself permission to be a little messy as you're learning this, right? It can take practice. It's A-okay to just try the first or second step, give them a whirl, and then you'll keep adding on as you go. So step number one for doable boundaries is you got to throw a flag, right? Throw the flag. Now it's football season where I live. My partner, John, is all about Thursday and Sunday football. I can't even tell you like who's playing and what the rules are and, and what time it comes on. But I do know enough about sports to know that when something's going wrong on the field, something that doesn't work, the ref throws a flag, right? It's this acknowledgement of like, hey, you can't do that here. So the first step to setting a boundary is you have to know when it's needed. <laughs> like you have to even notice like, oh, wait a minute. This is a place where it might be appropriate to set a boundary. Somebody here is, is crossing a line with me. You know that it's time to set a boundary when you feel tightness in your chest or you feel irritated or angry or anxious. Maybe you feel resentment or like a knot in your stomach. Sometimes we just feel plain off. We feel depleted and we don't even know why, right? These are all signs that it's time to throw a flag. So just this step alone is essential. Acknowledging, oh, This might be a place where I can throw a flag. And I cannot tell you, every time I teach this, I get all these emails and messages, which I just can't wait, private messages on my Instagram saying, Carly, check this out. I threw a flag. (laughs) Like this person said this thing to me and I realized it was a boundary possible moment. And that in and of itself is a huge win, especially if you're new to making boundaries. You haven't even made the boundary yet. You're just noticing it. And that is where we start. 
calling my sisters out there that work for yourself or run your own business. Something unexpected has been happening since I started this podcast. I did not predict that so many women would be reaching out and asking me how in the world have I and my clients gone from working around the clock to having time and energy abundance. Well, let me tell you, it is not magic. It's method. And it is entirely doable to have plenty of space to breathe while you reach new professional levels. So I've got an idea. For the first time ever, I am publicly opening the doors on December 2nd for just a handful of women to join me in the private coaching program I've run with great results for women bosses for the past few years. It's called the Reclaiming Time Studio. So if everyone else is impressed with how much you're doing, but secretly, you know you're capable of even more, but you just don't have the time to get to it yet, hop on over to carlyfane.com, get the full scoop and apply. But I want to give you a heads up. This is a very brief opening in the doors for enrollment. So we're going to close the doors promptly on December 16th. This is a cozy cohort of women leaders from around the world who have more time, clarity, and energy than ever before. And if that speaks to you, make sure you apply. Carlyfane.com. The doors are going to be open from December 2nd to the 16th. And together, we'll make 2020 your most prosperous and nourished year yet. Now, here's the second step. And this one is the game changer. This one will make all the difference when you can do it. The second step to doable boundaries is we dare to pause. We dare to pause. Now, when I say that, it's because we all make better decisions when we have space to breathe and hear our own thoughts. And so we have to extend that courtesy to ourselves. We don't all have the best answer in the moment. How about, like I do this all the time, where I think of 20 things that would have been better to say later on after the thing happened, right? And I'm like, shoot, why didn't I say that thing? So if you've ever felt like this, it might be a good time to dare to pause. Unless the building is burning down, if nobody's bleeding, there's a chance that it's not as urgent as it feels, right? A lot of things feel urgent that aren't. So when we dare to pause, it might be for a breath. It might be for a minute. It might be for a day, a week, or longer. You give yourself time to process what's going on. You've thrown the flag like, hey, a boundary's needed. And now you're going to marinate a little bit on what that boundary might be. Now, this is going to keep you in alignment with your best self. So rather than feeling reactionary and likely to speak at a turn and maybe regret what you said or have it not really be exactly what you meant, take permission to have your sweet time with this. Like lean back, give yourself the courtesy of daring to pause. Now, here's just like a little bonus, you know, no ninja move here. Because if you're really feeling urgent, like, okay, I've got to respond on the spot. I encourage you to try radical authenticity. When I say radical authenticity, I mean being real about where you actually are. So let's say somebody just asked you to do something and you're not sure that it's the right thing to say yes to. They've asked you to commit to, I don't know, picking the kids up after school from a special program. So now they want you to go pick them up from soccer three times a week. And you, of course you want the kids to be able to go to soccer, but you're not sure that it's going to work in your schedule. A possible response to that is, one thing I'm noticing about myself is I get so excited in the moment to do things that I am accidentally overscheduling myself and then I'm exhausted. So while I'm working on getting good at that, how about I get back to you and, and fill in the blank, get back to you in a week with an answer on this. 
right? I'll get back to you tomorrow with an answer on this. So you're giving them a specific time frame and you're letting them into your world a little bit. This is where we as women become leaders because we can start to model for other people what was never taught to us. Hey, I'm working on upgrading my boundaries a little bit. Can you give me a little bit of time? Another example of this, if somebody just said or did something that doesn't work for you, it's not sitting well for you, is to just say that. Like, hey, what just happened here? It's not quite sitting right with me. I want to process my thoughts and get back to you around this though, right? You're not having to respond in in the moment. You're acknowledging that it's happened, but you don't necessarily have to speak about it until you've had time to dare to pause. So that's just a little extra bonus move in the event that you really do feel like you need to say something. Now, here's the third one, and this one is also really important. The third step in doable boundaries is we gots to own it. (laughs) When I say own it, I mean people are not mind readers. It is nobody else's fault that you need a boundary. You're the one that needs it. And often we feel so uncomfortable in needing to set that boundaries that it's easier to blame other people for the fact that we need it. So if you take responsibility for your need for a boundary, it really helps channel your energy towards the end result you're going after rather than resentment. And an example of how this shows up in my real world is when I'm overscheduled, which happens to me, I fall off the wagon every once in a while, (laughs) like I really have to practice everything I share with you, is I will start to resent people for inviting me to do really cool things. I'll be like, are you freaking kidding me? Doesn't she know how busy I am? How could she be inviting me to this? And I hear that because it's ridiculous. Like somebody's inviting me to something because they're lovely and warm and wonderful and they just want me to be there. And I'm being resentful because I'm the one who's overscheduling myself. I'm the one who needs the boundary here. I'm the one who needs to start recalibrating things. So we've got to own. We are the ones that need this boundary. Now, step four is when we actually begin to communicate this to other people. So notice the first three steps. These are all things going on behind the scenes just for you. Step four is when we start to articulate the boundary to somebody else. I call this the do's and don'ts step, right? The do's and don'ts. There are things that we want to articulate to people that is okay that they do. And there are things that we might tell them it is not okay what they do. We want to be clear about what does and doesn't work. And a great example of this is I used to rent a home from the most lovely man named Bob. He was just the sweetest guy in the world. One day I'm on the phone with my clients at home. I work, you know, in my little home office and I hear two male voices in my house. Now I was living in the middle of nowhere, rural Western Massachusetts in the beautiful, beautiful Berkshire mountains. To suddenly hear two male voices in my house was startling to say the least. They were in the basement. And I froze for a second. I put my client on hold and I listened and I recognized it was Bob's voice. I looked outside and I saw a van for the electrician. Now there's an extra entrance to the basement in my house. And what I realized was Bob wanted to do some work. And so not wanting to disturb me, he had just come into the basement to get some work done with the electrician. Now, when it was time for me to articulate something to Bob, he hadn't been a terrible person. He was trying to do his best and not disturb me, but it didn't work for me. And so I needed to be able to say to Bob, hey, it's okay that you show up to get work in the house, but do me a favor. I need you to give me a heads up in the future. So it's okay that you're here. You can do that. It's not okay to show up unannounced. That startles me. That's unnerving to me. So this is okay. This is not okay. Another example of what this might look like is to say, hey, it's okay for you to be angry with me right now, but it is not okay for you to raise your voice and scream or call me that terrible name right? 
So we're not blaming them. We're not saying you make me scared when you do this or you're making me uncomfortable. We are owning the fact that we're having a response to something and what we actually need is X, Y, and Z. So it's okay to do this. It is not okay to do that, right? Do's and don'ts. Now we're going into the last step. This step is still, I think of all the steps, this is still the step that challenges me the most. Amy Poehler talks about something similar to this in her book, Yes, Please. I love it. And she talks about how real the struggle still is around this step. So I'm really curious as you write a review or some notes about this on the podcast to hear from you which of these steps really stands out. Step five is we got to say it and then be quiet. So we say our boundary and then we stop talking. You do not need to explain yourself. You do not need to justify the entire background story about why you're setting a boundary. That is draining, exhausting, and quite frankly, it is the opposite of empowering. It's disempowering. When we're justifying our needs to somebody else, we're kind of weakening our own mojo. We're telling ourselves that we need to explain more, and it's just not true. You don't need them to agree with you. They don't have to get on board with what you need in your life. So you're going to say what you have to say, and then you're going to stop talking. For a lot of my clients, the tricky part of this is they feel so many feels when they're setting a boundary that they want to just talk more, right? Like the silence is so awkward. What I invite you to do in that moment of silence is consider. I could be just saying yes or acting like what this person did was okay and just letting it fly and then having days or weeks or months of extra work to do or discomfort, or I could be uncomfortable for the 30 seconds that there might be silence, right? Because the way a person responds to the boundary you're creating says far more about who they are and where they're coming from than it does about you. I'm going to say that again. The way somebody else responds to the way you're setting a boundary says far more about them and where they're coming from than it does about you. So the response is something interesting to listen to because this is going to give you real insight into where they're coming from. The thing about these steps that I really want to acknowledge is that they're simple, but if you're brand new to making boundaries, they might not be easy. (laughs) Like it is possible for something to be simple and straightforward and not the easiest thing we've ever done. And this might be part of why it's challenging for us to create boundaries. So don't worry. I got you. I want to give you kind of a bonus mind ninja move here. If you are at any one of these phases and you notice that you're feeling all the feels, here's what you do. You feel them. You feel them. The honest truth is that women with time abundance get okay with not feeling okay all the time. They give themselves permission to feel everything. They are leaders in their own lives and they're inspiring to the rest of us, not because things are always easy, but because they've learned so much about themselves when they do a challenging thing that is true. So sometimes a true thing is also challenging. So if you want to feel empowered, you must do a powerful thing. That's the deal. If you want to feel brave, you've got to practice bravery. This can help take the edge off though. When we're implementing boundaries, we want to start considering who and what am I loyal to? Am I loyal to the needs of everybody else or this particular event or obligation or person? Or am I loyal to something else, right? What do I prioritize in my life and how am I showing up for that? And how could the implementation of this boundary facilitate 
more of what I am loyal to. So if all else fails, it's time to laugh about this whole boundary thing because I think being human is just like the funniest, weirdest experience in the world. It's okay to think to yourself, I'm feeling guilty and that's okay. I'm going to say no anyway. Or I'm feeling unsure. That's okay. I'm going to say no anyway. Or I'm feeling like I don't know what their response is going to be. And that's okay. I'm going to say no anyway. When I, when I said this little phrase, I actually started to kind of dance and sing along when we did the live video class. And then women were texting me little homemade videos of themselves where they just like went on a riff with this and they were filling in all the blanks and singing and dancing around their living room. And that was maybe the most playful, fun, creative, joyful way to consider boundaries, right? So what could you do to make it a little bit more joyful, make it a little bit more playful and fun? So we've went over those three foundational mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and understand. And then we went through the five steps to make them doable. I encourage you to start trying these out in low-risk scenarios if you're new to this. Just get your beak wet. In other words, maybe you start speaking up for yourself in places where there's not much at stake. For example, if you asked for no cream in your coffee and somebody added it, maybe you go back to the barista and you say, hey, there's been a mistake. Can you please remake this? Right? Or when a friend wants you to meet at 2 p.m., but that's a tight squeeze for you, just suggest 3 p.m. instead Right? or whatever you need. No biggie either way. But you're starting to create a little boundary momentum that you might be able to apply later in more important situations. Now, here is what makes this stick. Learning how to communicate boundaries is a lot like learning how to communicate a new language. You've got to be around other native speakers or else it's just going to kind of fall by the wayside. Meaning you want to hang around people who having healthy boundaries is their normal. So if you know anybody like that, great. Give them a chat about what you're considering around boundaries and make sure you stay connected to me and my group where living into boundaries is something we're all practicing the messy and magnificence of together. So if you only remember one thing from today's podcast, what's it going to be? What is the one thing about boundaries that's really standing out? that you might jot down and make sure you never forget. And of course, I'm going to put some links to some of the people that I mentioned in this podcast in the show notes. And I realized this is something I haven't said before. With every episode of the podcast, we have a fully transcribed version of it. So if you love taking notes, or if I'm teaching something like this, where there's steps to it, it is fully typed up for you already on my podcast page. Like you don't have to go write that baby from scratch. You can get it for free over at carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. And we've also got all the show notes with links to anything that I mention, any person or place in there. So everything is really accessible because we rise well together. We all learn in different ways. And I want to make sure that there's always a variety of tools out there for you. So if this episode spoke to you, make sure you give a screenshot of it, post it on your social media, subscribe if you haven't already. I cannot wait to hear what questions, what are you curious about boundaries that I might speak to next? Because what I'm guessing here is that this conversation about boundaries might be an ongoing discussion. So if there is more you want to know or something I haven't addressed, make sure you let me know. And that might be the topic for our next podcast. I'll catch you in a week with the next episode. 
Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.